Well, you're you're not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. Well, I mean, let's, let's so let's ask ourselves the same question. It's whatever you think makes a country great is what makes America great. So a lot of people say it's the richest, most powerful country that's ever existed in the world. Therefore, it's the greatest nation that's ever existed. Yeah, you can say that. But nobody can, nobody can tell you you're wrong either because there's no definition of what makes a country great in the first place. This is just an intro for my kinfolk. If your skin tone don't match your zip code, I'm going to bust a rhyme like I'm in flip mode. <laughs> Music is my favorite drug. I usually listen to talk radio and podcasts when I'm driving, but now it's music because it got to numb the pain. Oh my gosh. I hate politics. I hate politics so much. In case you didn't know, we had an election recently. I know what you're thinking. Everything is political, everything's politics. It's, it's representative government. Uh, it's based on, on, on our lives. Everyone has a voice. I disagree. I disagree. And that's what this episode is about. Our fundamental disagreements. Donald Trump won because he, he's not PC. He's not politically correct. He's an outsider coming to take Washington to task. Fuck out of here. Politics is political correctness. Don't let anybody tell you different. Whatever the moral code of the day is, whatever the decorum of the day is, you put a, a, a suit and tie on that, and that's your politically correct standard. Yes, it changes decade by decade. But it is what it is. Every year, every election cycle rather, they come with this rhetoric, aka bullshit, and then they fall in line and they fall into the system. <sighs> Who'd you vote for? Hmm? Nobody told me they were voting for Trump. Saw one bumper sticker. In the course of a year or two years, however long this race took, I saw one bumper sticker. And I live in the area whose newspaper openly supported Donald Trump. It's the lean in vote. Who are you really voting for? I'm voting for Trump. Don't tell nobody. I'm going to tell you who I voted for. I, I am not a Democrat. For the record, and my guest today, Nathan Martell, hashtag Nathan Martell is stupid. He is not a Republican. But we have very different views about things, different outlooks on life, on the political process, on the facts, on the issues. We differ. But we talk, we have civil discourse about those disagreements, and we have a lot of good laughs and good times. And I encourage you all to do the same thing. If you got beef, air it out with people that 
you can trust, people that you know, like, and trust, people that you can civilly disagree with. We're not enemies. I refuse to buy into that nonsense. Election night, I'll be honest with you, I found it entertaining and I slept like a baby. My wife was laying next to me. She couldn't sleep. People were crying. People are rioting. I get it. You're angry. You thought one thing was going to happen. Your expectations were violated and you're upset. You're scared. I get it. But life goes on. And it's, it's not a big deal as you think it is. But it is a big deal that people think it's a big deal. <laughs> Anybody see SNL? It was epic, right? Dave Chappelle made a comeback. Perfect timing. Perfect content. Perfect monologue. Cold open was bananas. Tribe Called Quest. Are you kidding me? Tribe Called Quest is back. Release an album after 13 years. The last time I bought an album from the store, I think it was The Roots. But the last time that I was in high school and bought an album, bought a CD from Best Buy, it was a tribe called Quest, The Love Movement. Still bang that album to this day. It's incredible. People need these opinionated musical genius artists to speak to share their philosophies and to share their expression and their frustrations in a healthy medium with the people. That's what I expect to see. I expect to see a resurgence of of incredible art, of incredible music. Here's some right here. Enjoy the episode. We don't believe you, because we the people are still here in the rear, yo, we don't need you. You ain't a killing off good young nigga move. When we get hungry, we eat the same fucking food. The ramen noodle. The simple noodle is so maniacal, reliable, the pull of juju. This is a correspondence dinner from 2011. Obama and uh, Seth Meyers are basically roast, roasting Donald Trump. Okay. Okay. So, I don't know if you remember this, but they've been re- re-airing it. Let's see if you remember any of this. I heard he passed universal health care when he was governor of Massachusetts. Someone should get to the bottom of that. And I know just the guy to do it. Donald Trump is here tonight. Now, I know that... He's taken some flack lately, but no one is happier, no one is prouder to put this birth certificate matter to rest than the Donald. And that's because he can finally get back to focusing on the issues that matter. Like, did we fake the moon landing? What really happened in Roswell? And where are Biggie and Tupac? One thing, Obama had pretty good sense of humor. I'll give that to him for sure. Oh, I'm glad you gave him that one thing. Oh, I, we appreciate it. We'll go over that. I actually give him a lot of credit. All kidding aside, obviously we all know about your credentials and breadth of experience. Um, for example, uh, 
No, seriously, just recently, in an episode of Celebrity Apprentice, at the steakhouse, the men's cooking team uh, did not impress the judges from Omaha Steaks. And there was a lot of blame to go around, but you, Mr. Trump, recognized that the real problem was a lack of leadership. And so ultimately, you didn't blame Little John or Meatloaf. You fired Gary Busey. And these are the kind of decisions that would keep me up at night. <laughs> Funny, right? He, he always had a good sense of humor, man. I don't know if they do the correspondence dinner every year or once a term, but all the media gets together and they, they roast, you know? Yeah, but the, here, here's the... Here's the, the sticker. This is, uh, this is Seth Meyers' turn. And then, of course, there's Donald Trump. Donald Trump has been saying that he will run for president as a Republican, which is surprising since I just assumed he was running as a joke. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Donald Trump often appears on Fox, which is ironic because a fox often appears on Donald Trump's head. Oh, think about that one for a second. That's pretty good. If you're at the Washington Post table with Trump and you can't finish your entree, don't worry. The fox will eat it. <laughs> pretty funny, right? Yeah, it's pretty good. So, Bill Burr, funny comedian yep. from The Chappelle Show, he was on Conan. I posted this on Facebook. Nobody liked it. But he pointed out that the correspondence dinner might have been the kind of the straw that broke the camel's back and forced him that, to run. That kind of pissed off Trump? Enough for him to run. Maybe. I mean, Trump doesn't really I Trump doesn't really have things to roll off his back that great as we've noticed. Clearly not. No. So that's not his strong point. I want to I want to find that Bill Burr clip. Oh yeah, here here it is. Here it is. Him. He's absolutely humiliated, and within like two, three years, he had that guy's job. Right. So you could never talk. You could never talk shit to him. Going, right. hey, Donald. You know, one time I was in a bar, and this guy came in. Yeah, they gave me. Oh, really? One time I was sitting. I paid hundred grand for breakfast. The president, Trump, uh, uh, President, the hell's his name? Barack uh, Obama. Yeah, Obama. Yeah. I'm giving you structure now. Yeah, yeah. Obama. He trashed me. Two years later, I had a fucking job. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think about that? I think it's hilarious. You know, I was just watching this other one. Uh, it, was, it was fascinating. I was just watching a, a skit on uh, Bill Burr that he did. Yeah. About how um, arrogant celebrities are to think that anybody cares about their political opinion. Did you oh, Did you hear yeah, that yeah. one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. Yeah. I like I like Bill Burr a lot. He's, he's I funny. think he's hilarious. He's one I of th the best doing it. I think he's straightforward, and. Uh, what I'll say about him is he's pretty like he's pretty uh, he's pretty moderate in a sense that he bashes pretty much everybody, everybody yeah. which I kind of like, obviously. Yeah, he doesn't have a slant. No, he's like the South Park guys. Yeah, he, yeah which he, is great. He calls it how it is. But the the thought of Donald Trump being <laughs> what's that there? A little handy wipe? Don't worry about it. <laughs> the thought of Donald Trump being insulted to the point of running to for president. What what were his motivations? Man, you know what? Depending on who you talk to, you're going to get a different answer on that yeah. one, I've noticed. You know, you'll hear he's just, he put his 
life on the line to be a true patriot. I've heard people say that. I have. I've heard a lot of Trump supporters say that thing, that they think wow. that he just truly loves this country and he wants to get it back on the right track. I've heard a lot of people say that. Um, yeah, that personally ain't what I think. Um, to be honest, I, I don't know. To be honest, I have no clue. Could Why? It, be, it could have been narcissism. could have been the fact that he just wants to be the most powerful person on the planet. I would say so. I've heard that. Yeah. Um, man, I don't, I, I don't know. What if he really did run as a goof, though? Because, I mean, up until he won, so many people were just writing him off. Yeah, but saying, well, Hillary's going to win, but wouldn't it be funny if Donald won? Yeah, but you know what? The one thing, the one thing I will give him credit on is he really understands media. Yeah. He very much understands media. And, you know, I watched as on the election night, Corey Lewandowski came on, who is his, like, uh, one of his chief uh, premier strategists and everything like that. Okay. And way early in the night, way early in the night, he was talking about when they when numbers started to roll in and they were saying, like, you know, your candidate's doing surprisingly well. Right. And he's like, it's not surprisingly well. We're going to win. <laughs> and I was like, what? He's like, oh, yeah, we're going to win. He was like straight up. He's like, he's like, the strategy has always been there. The numbers have always been manipulated in the news. We've known that the entire time. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we're going to win. He's like, look at the numbers up there. And this is way early in the night. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because as soon as he, as soon as he said that, all the like the, the the newscasters on CNN changed the tone how they talked about Trump. Right. As soon as he left, they started talking about a potential President Trump. Right. As soon as he left, everybody's. Um, the, the joking t- aspect of it went was away. Gone. Yeah. It was gone. And they were all serious. And then they were like, and then they started talking. And, and, and like, because I thought up until that point, I was one of the people that thought Hillary was going to wipe him out. Yeah. I was one of those people. All and, the polls said. Yeah. Everything said that way. And, and, and this, I mean, this is officially the, like, I can honestly say, you know, I'm always been a skeptic of, I've always been a skeptic of trusting media in the first place, but this is one where I'll be able to finally say like these polls and the, the media and all this stuff are just, they're not accurate anymore yeah. in today's world. Yeah. Um, and he changed the game, if you will, a little bit because now all this, all the polling data and everything, the way we used to collect data is no longer applicable. I heard they collected polls by basically calling landlines. Yeah. They're still doing that stuff. Like how are you going to get that? You know, is that where the majority of this polling info came from? Well, here, well, first of all, you can't call people really on their cell phones. Why not? Like, people don't. Well, everybody's like on the calls. do not call list nowadays. Right, right. Like everybody's on that list. I'm on that. You can't call me and ask this stuff anymore. Right, everybody's right. on those because there's different rules set up for cell phones than there are landlines. Oh, okay. So a lot of people just don't get these calls anymore. Right. And, and uh, you know what? Even if you could get those numbers, you're not going to get a true reading out of it anymore because the way everybody receives media and everything these days is completely different. So are you saying the people that are responding to these polls are the people that cannot afford cell phones? No, is not that at the all. demographic of people that they're getting? Not at all. What I would say in what I would say is those is you're just honestly you're just not getting enough of a real poll. Like you're not getting a large enough demographic anymore to actually get like a true. Like reading anymore. What about the Nielsen ratings? Like for TV shows, my understanding is they would put a box in certain families' homes, 
and monitor what they watched and when they watched it. This was before TiVo. And that's how they decided what the show's ratings were. So, but how would that, how would that work when it comes to polling for a presidential No, I'm election? saying, is it the same... Is it the same idea where they pull a small percent, like a few people in California, a few people in Texas, a few people in New York, and then just extrapolate those numbers? And that's where well, they're getting these percentages maybe, of who's supporting who. Maybe, but I think what the I think the bigger factor that came into play is, you know, I was listening to a, a piece by Michael Moore, which, by the way, everybody who knows me, not a fan of Michael Moore. Why were you listening to his piece? Because he did this interesting piece that I thought was fascinating. He wrote a a piece like three months ago, the reasons Donald Trump is going to win this election. Was it like a one-man show or something? Like, what do you mean? He was on stage doing like a performance piece or something? No, this was was actually, uh, this is a written piece. Oh, okay. Item by item, why Donald Trump is going to win this election. And the funny thing, he he was scoffed by everybody in the Democratic Party. And he even said, I'm voting for Hillary. And he did. He went and casted his vote for Hillary Clinton. But he wrote a full piece on why Donald Trump was going to win this election. And guess what happened? Every single piece and reason he gave was the reason Donald Trump won. So why do so many people hate Michael Moore if he's so, if he's such a a soothsayer? Well, he's an ideologue. He's so he's he's people don't like his ideology. But he saw this coming and you didn't. I did. You're right. He's he is on this election. He is damn smarter than I was. Okay. There's no doubt about that. So should we be giving him a little bit more credit? I would. Okay. I'm definitely giving him credit right now, and I can't stand the dude. But he basically said there was a couple things. The reason is, one, he, he, he did his own internal polling, apparently, and he did something. He was talking about something called the lean-in vote. And lean I thought, in? Lean-in vote. Okay. And what that is is when you got people one-on-one and you said, really, what are you, who are you voting for? People would lean really close, and they'd say, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. They were whispering it. They are yeah. whispering it, and right. it was the lean-in vote. Right. And he said the real polling is not correctly – um, showing because a lot of people were afraid to voice their true opinions. Because when you get in a polling booth, it's just you and your thoughts, and nobody can tell you anything else. Right. But people weren't because of you know. I mean, you can blame it on people like shouting people down on Facebook or whatever. But people just a lot of people just didn't voice their opinions. It's true. They just kept their opinions to themselves. And then the second thing was. The, one of the other main reasons he said was because of how he took on the Northwest because there was these main states that came into play, Michigan, um, you know, Pennsylvania, these major states, which are huge blue union states. Okay. His entire strategy, which Michael Moore actually laid out in his, his, his blog piece he did, was going to be to flip these union states based on economic principles. Okay. So he was going into all these states and talking to the blue-collar worker about how we're going to bring industry back to these states, something Hillary Clinton did not do. So he believed, he, he said, look, Hillary is not talking about these things. Her entire strategy, and they even released the strategy, was to make him a demagogue. So their entire strategy was based on let's make Donald Trump look terrible as opposed to where Donald Trump went into these key states and it wasn't let's make Hillary look terrible let's talk about bringing jobs back to these states not how we're going to do it just that we're going to do it no and he and he talked about like if he was going to he he said crazy things like uh he looked at the and Michael Moore wrote about this actually did this whole piece on him about he, he looked at the CEO of Ford in the face and he said if you move your factory towards to Mexico, I'm going to slack a 35% tariff on every single car that's shipped in the state. And he said that straight to his face. Right. And he said the, the room lit up 
when he did that. Wow. Because he was talking to those people. Right, right. And I and just get fucking I'm not here I'm not here booming for Trump right now. I'm saying this is what happened. Yeah. This is exactly what he did. This is what and his strategy was. This was his strategy. That everyone else dismissed. And those states played into it. And the funny thing is, you know, I was at the gym. Um, I'm not even gonna lie, I didn't vote. Did I tell you that? What? I didn't vote. I didn't vote. I was prepared to come here and lie and say that I did vote. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't vote. Did you vote? You didn't vote either. Uh, for for purposes of this uh, discussion, I I will say that I supported Jill Stein. Okay, that's how I'll word it. You didn't vote either. No, I did not. Look, I didn't vote either. <laughs> and you be and like you people were super shocked. Like I, I was like I didn't vote. And uh, um and and Hilarious. there was like and, and and I'll be honest. I'll re, I'll be honest with you. You know, people say it's your patriotic duty, whatever. I was like, look. I knew that Hillary Clinton was going to take California. Right. And all the propositions that I wanted to vote on were all way out of range in support for any um, battle anyway. According to the polls? Yeah. Which, <laughs> but you know what? The funny thing is the internal polling on the, uh, on propositions, the propositions were right. Right. I got you. Um, it's way different. Because if you're, for an example, like, because your propositions are only for California. Right. So they're only polling California people. Right, right. And California people all generally they they you people don't have really have a problem didn't have a problem voicing their opinions on propositions right they had a problem with talking about who they were voting for in the national election totally so i did i was like uh busy all the day and i was just like screw it i had the choice i was like i gotta go to the gym or i gotta go to here i, I went to the gym that's funny man i'm really surprised i'm not being that. a patriot right now right i was like oh well so anyways so i'm sitting there and i was like whatever hillary's gonna wipe wipe, wipe the floor and you know I'm keeping up. The most entertaining part about the entire thing was people online, Facebook during the election. Yeah, yeah. So people freaking out, and 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 the funny part is, people were just freaking out. How is he getting so many, winning so many states? This is early on, and I had to tell people I was like, I was like, look, he's winning the conservative states, and she's winning the liberal states. Shocker. I was like, it's going down perfectly down the line. They're like, how could he win the states? How did he win Texas? Like. Seriously? Are you seriously asking that question, how he possibly won Texas? How did he win Kentucky? Well, of course he's going to win Kentucky. And these are like diehard red states. Even a freaking monkey who puts a Republican hat on is going to win Kentucky and Texas. Right. So I was like, okay, it's no big deal. I, I, even, I was trying to like console liberals, to be honest. I was like, you guys have nothing to worry about. These states were already predicted to him. There's only a couple battleground states in play in this entire election. Which were? You know, Pennsylvania, um, Wisconsin. Wisconsin, Michigan, Florida. The same Ohio, the states, the, the, the normal battleground states. Right. And the funny part is I was just like, I didn't pay attention to anything until I started looking at Pennsylvania numbers. And I was like, Pennsylvania should not be that close. Pennsylvania shouldn't be close at all. And then as soon as I saw that he was like leading it, yeah. I was like, okay, it's a race. I was because I was like, this should not be this close. And then Michigan came into play all of a sudden. Florida was always in play. But as soon as he they called it for that, I was just like, I couldn't I couldn't believe it. And I remember watching it, and as soon as they called Pennsylvania, they had the um video on Let's shut that off. That's yeah. annoying. You saw the SNL sketch of them watching it. The, yeah. You saw that, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. So they they put it on uh they put it on uh the Hillary headquarters. Yeah. And it looked like somebody had just kicked their puppies. 
because it just the the bottom fell out from underneath them because as soon as they lost Pennsylvania, it was like taking a major, major missile hit to a like a battleship or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, and then everything flipped on CNN and everything about who was going to win all of a sudden. It was amazing how everything switched. It's so funny that that skit. I'm gonna I'm gonna play it right now. It, but it was so accurate. Watch it like you were saying the the, the liberal tears. <laughs> Which, by the way, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. When I saw them crying over that, I have never laughed so hard in my entire life. I can't believe after all this, it's gonna finally be over. I don't know. We'll see. Trump's already got lawyers to fight the results. <laughs> okay, don't even joke about that, or I will leave, guys. We're about to have our first woman president. Like, this is going to be a historic night. Taking it for granted. Yeah, yep. yeah, it might be a historic night, but just don't forget, it's a big country. My friend at the Huffington Post says she wins by five points. Oh, I don't know. My friend at Slate says she'll win by three. <laughs> oh, well, she'll definitely win the Electoral College, for sure. But I guess there's, like, a nightmare scenario where he wins the popular vote. Really? That's your nightmare scenario, huh? <laughs> because of shifting demographics, there might never be another Republican president in this country. Word. <laughs> you ever been around this country before? And we project Kentucky will go to Donald Trump. Yeah, well, of course he won Kentucky. I mean, that's where all the racists are. <laughs> <laughs> all in Kentucky. <laughs> all of them are in Kentucky? Oh, you know, she got Vermont. Oh, snap, Vermont! <laughs> Three electoral votes. Now, that's a power grab. Okay, this says Florida is too close to call. Okay, no, no, it says too early to call. There's only 1% in. You know what, I'm gonna go ahead and call it. Florida's going blue. To Latinos. <laughs> to Latinos! Such a great sticker. So good. Dave Chappelle's just looking like Well, of course he's going to win Ohio. We knew that. But if we can get Pennsylvania, Florida, and North Carolina, we don't even need Ohio. Yeah, and if the Indians had having four more runs, uh, they would want a World Series too, dude. <laughs> I'm going to grab a Xanax from the bedroom. Okay, will you grab me six? <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to bring the whole bottle. <laughs> Look, early returns are always going to be Republican because Republicans go to sleep early. That's just a fact. <laughs> Um, I just talked to my brother-in-law at CBS. He says Trump's going to win Florida. Word. Uh, I guess that the, the Latinos didn't hear about your toast. Shit <laughs> <laughs> about stalking Xanax. Hey, guys, what I miss? And Chris Rock. Chris Rock walks in the door, of course. This was an epic episode of SNL. Oh, so good. It's so accurate, too. I tried to tell him there. What is happening? Why are women even voting for him? Yeah, I, I don't get you ladies. I mean, the country's 55% women. I mean, if the country was 55% black, well, we'd have tons of black presidents. I mean, Flavor Flav would be president. Kanye 2020. she has to do is come back and win Wisconsin, come back and win Michigan, come back and win uh, Pennsylvania. And some of the counties, are, the, the urban counties, are, they're so, black people vote late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's hope there's a 
100,000 of us in Green Bay. <laughs> Your brothers love the Packers. 12 a.m. You never know, guys. Alaska's still out there. We're now calling Alaska for Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, my God. I think America is racist. Oh, my God. <laughs> You know, I remember my great-grandfather told me something like that. But, you know, he was like a slave or something. I just, I can't believe it. Like, why aren't people turning out for Hillary the way they did for Barack Obama? I mean, maybe because you're replacing a charismatic 40-year-old black guy with a 70-year-old white woman. I mean, that's like the Knicks replacing Patrick Ewan with Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> And Donald Trump has been elected president of the United States. Yeah, you guys are right. It's a historic night. Don't worry about it. Eight years are gonna fly by. Yeah, don't worry. It's gonna be all white. <laughs> what about undocumented immigrants? Oh, they're not going nowhere. Come on, man. You act like everybody trying to pick their own strawberries. <laughs> I mean, do you even know what it's like to be a woman in this country where you can't get ahead no matter what you do? Oh, jeez, I don't know. Let me put my thinking cap on on that one. I'll get back to <laughs> Now, come on, guys. Get some rest. You got a lot of big day. You got a big day of moping and writing on Facebook tomorrow. God, this is the most shameful thing America has ever done. <laughs> <laughs> black guys erupted with laughter yep oh man and so it's accurate. oh my gosh it was that was a hundred percent accurate but you know the funny thing is what was the 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 most accurate thing in there is you replaced 40 year old charismatic black guy with an old politician w- woman yeah and you thought you were gonna have the same results who may have cte she's yeah. got like some concussion issues or something look I don't no, know. look here, here's the reality you know, everybody wants to blame racism or whatever on Donald Trump getting elected. But nobody wants to look at the fact that nobody liked Hillary Clinton. Nobody, nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to talk about there was zero excitement for Hillary Clinton. All the excitement. Well, we're talking about it now. Yeah, all the excitement was for Bernie Sanders. That's right. And, and, and here's the thing is, when it comes to voting in elections, it's people were moping in to vote for Hillary. Right. And Donald Trump fans were bringing people by the dozens. Right. They were excited. Yeah. Whereas so, the Hillary supporters were more or less resigned. Yeah. The, they, they go in. When, you, when you're a moping voter, you don't bring anybody with you. And you don't tell anybody. No. You just show up and do your one thing. Right. It's kind of like the same thing. You know, when, uh, when something good happens at a restaurant, you tell one person. When mm-hmm. something bad happens, you, ten tell, you tell ten people. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. No, it's kind of a reverse scenario about good versus bad. But it's the same, it's same scenario. People were fired up for Donald Trump, and nobody was fired up for Hillary Clinton. And everybody wants to play the blame game, but there were certain basic things in there. You just – I mean, she barely had a, a higher favorable rating than him. Right. She barely did. Right. And that's like – out of everything Donald Trump did his entire – that you can go over how he was horrible through the entire thing, and she still only had – this much of a more favorable rating than him. Now you said r- racist 
or what did you say? Racism didn't play as big of a factor as people think. You said no, something what about I'm, that. No, what I'm saying is racism is not the only thing not the you only can blame thing. Trump right. for. But um, what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing on Facebook is a lot of people saying, well, Trump isn't racist, but his supporters may not necessarily be racist, but they're, that's definitely not a deal breaker. Well, yeah, so people I, that support Trump are more or less co-signing these I mean, you, racist things that he says and these racist policies and these racist people that he's appointing. Well, I'll say this. Do, are some of his supporters racist? Sure. Sure. Some of his supporters are racist because raci- racists still have to vote for somebody. Just because you're racist doesn't mean you sit out on election. So racists are still going to vote for people. Now, what was the other, uh, the other end of that you said? You said something else, and now I'm just drawing a blank what you just said. What about he's not necessarily that's yeah. the okay. that's the uh, so, narrative yeah. that's going so, around. and then the uh, and then his policies being racist. Right. Well, okay, let's uh, w- the the one that I would call racist, the racist policy was saying Muslims aren't allowed in the country. Right, that would be the one that I would be considered calling something racist. Um, and I think it was bad word structuring because if you would have just said, and we had this conversation before. I don't think it's, I think it's, I do think it's inherently racist to say a specific group of people are not allowed here. I would say you can call that a racist statement. Now, if you would say, but if the specific group is terrorists, but like I said, (laughs) but it was going to be this, but now if you just said, look, we're not going to allow people in from these countries here because of high risk zones, then I don't think it's racist anymore. Right now. Now it's the same people because it's, just worded differently. It's just worded differently. It's the same idea, but how you say it is does change the overall feel. And what and what I mean by that is, if you just say, if he would have just said, um, we're not going to allow people from high risk areas in the Middle East allowed in the country right now because a good vetting process isn't um, isn't in place yet for that. I don't think people that are inherently racist would have responded to that. Do you, see, you understand what because I'm saying? Because it's too nuanced. Because it's it's because it's not inherently racist, like saying a group of people are not allowed here. Right. It's an because oh, most. So you're people, saying that he had to cater to the people that had the racist ideology and make a statement that strong, even though it's not <laughs> politically correct or even reasonable. I don't know, but I would say this. I would say like I I will say this. If he had taken the politically correct wording route, I don't think he would have gotten the nomination in the first place. Right. Because one of the big things that for sure Trump supporters were big on is we're sick and tired of PC culture. That was that was one gigantic thing. Right. They are highly against PC culture and political correctness is going on right now. So as much as it pains me to say that, and I still don't believe that these people are necessarily racist, but what I'm saying is... These this, people... These people, Trump supporters. All of them. You're not saying that all of them are racist. Not all of them. Of course. Well, I don't think anybody thinks all Trump supporters are racist. I know. I, I'm I just, don't think I'm that. Just being but I'm ass. just saying, like, when it comes to the actual racist issue, yeah. that because the flip side of this was not specifically people of race and not letting people in, but because a lot of it had to do with rejection of PC culture in today's world, mm-hmm. that not being PC in his wording was one of the major things that attracted to a lot of people to tr- to Trump in the first place. Yeah, he so, he says what I'm thinking. Yeah. 
that's what a lot, and that, that's what happened. A lot of people who voted for him. Now you can turn around and say that that makes everybody racist. All these people that say that are racist. Well, that's why pe- the people that are scared and the people that were crying on election night, all these liberal tears, and the people who they tasted delicious. By the way, <laughs> the liberal tears so good. If you ever mix them in with like a nice steak on top or anything like that, oh, they're just so, the right amount of oh sodium. Oh my gosh, man, it's so right because it's also gluten free. Oh yes, they're yes. gluten free and. They're, so they're healthy. Too. All tears are gluten free. No, 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 not at all. Just, just hippie. Chris Christie is probably not. He's <laughs> probably extra gluten. But no, that that's why I think that there's such a a spirit of fear, if you will, is because of that thinking that he's saying what I'm thinking. So it's not just that I'm begrudgingly giving Donald Trump my vote because of his lack of PC, because he's, you know. It's because they said with their mouth, he's saying what I'm thinking, and he's saying some terrible shit. Yeah, but like, okay, for, let's let's go issue by issue. So what of like his border? Why policy. he didn't have to? Uh, I'm just saying, like, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to get inside of the mind of a hardcore Trump supporter. Okay, so it's not, it's not much room in there, but good luck. So so <laughs> so let's go uh, uh, the immigration policy when it comes to the southern border. You know, we heard we heard how he's racist because all Mexicans are rapists and all this stuff, which he said. A lot of them just heard, a lot of these Trump supporters, what they heard was, we need to combat illegal immigration. That's what a lot of them heard. And, you know, if you ask me how, where I stand on that specific issue, I believe the exact same thing. We need to combat illegal immigration. Now, oh, that's... That's terrible because these people are just trying to provide a family. I'm not saying all their problems stem from that. I'm just saying you got to secure your damn borders so you can be safe. And I was like, and then eventually if you just open up the borders, if you eventually open the borders and then there's no track of anything anymore flooding, it's eventually going to overthrow your economy. There's no way around that. There's no way to have open board policy and maintain fiscal responsibility in a, in a country. It's just right. not possible. So when you say combat illegal immigration, you just mean have a better system of immigrating people. You don't mean build a wall and don't let any soul into the country. No, not at all. That's not what I mean by any means. So that's why, well, first of all, the whole build a wall thing, if, if you're a Trump supporter and you thought that was going to happen in the first place, you're being naive. Right. Look, I get it. It's this great soundbite. And you know what? May, no, but, but hey, it, wor- it worked it, in, well, in well, Berlin. Yeah, but here's the thing. <laughs> well, here's the thing. is like, and, and I'm not even hating on Trump for this. Look, everybody, every president in their campaigns... 99% of what they say never comes true. How can we forget that every four years? Because we're idiots here. Because we don't, because you, you want to know the real reason why? It's because people don't understand how actually our government works. Yeah. So, first of all, people don't understand that, like, you know, you build a wall. Well, who funds that, first of all? Congress funds that. You don't get to just go in and say, hey, Donald Trump doesn't get to walk in one on day one and says, okay, give me the money to build this wall. Yeah. That doesn't work that way. You've got to you've got to go you got to jump through so many red like red so much red tape to get one penny from Congress. Right. Like, every every line item is yes, poured over everything and is, approved and you know or what? not approved. Even if I agree with his stance, that's still the way the system I want. I want any person in charge because it's our money. It's us the taxpayers money. I want them to have to jump through so many red flags or red tape to be able to get anything done. That's how I want it to be. And I don't care what the political agenda is or who's in charge. That's what I want because in the end, it's our damn money in the first place. 
So if you thought Donald Trump was going to build the wall, and I'm not even saying it's not possible, but look, it is not happening in this first four years in the first place. First four years? Yeah. That implies there's going to be a second four no, no, years. No, no, I'm just saying if this happens, it's <laughs> going to be in his second term. Because yeah. the first two years of this presidency is going to be building relationships because he doesn't have any. Yeah. Because he's an outsider. You, you want to go live and do a poll and, and see how many years people think that he's going to make it? Like do like a... A bet. We'll do a poll. Like, like stay alive? No, no. Make it in office before he gets impeached or whatever. Look, I, I really think, and, and you know what, my, maybe I am just a half full type of guy. I really don't think there's going to be anything major coming out of this administration. I really don't. I think. But I mean major as in either, either a personal scandal or a professional snafu I don't, I, at this to where either he's definitely not eligible for a second term or he's not going to make it through the first. I honestly don't think there is any scandal at this point that could come his way that could knock him off at yeah. this point. Yeah. If none of this stuff, if none of this stuff happened, I, I don't but know. But there's got to be some, some rules of decorum. I mean, if Obama in his last month in office said a curse word on live TV, they'd, they'd have him. You know what I mean? Like the a curse word, Come but on, I'm man. but I'm saying anybody my, would care that much. My, about my that. point is, it's definitely like I, I the noose is tighter. I get, I get what you're saying. So I mean, let's let's yeah, he's not going to be able to pull what he, what he did as a private citizen. There's right. just it's just not. I mean, you know, they say the Thursday after that they elected, where they sit down and they have to sit with all the generals and all the heads of all the military, the CIA, the FBI, everything like that. That is the most eye-opening experience that they ever have in their entire life. Yeah. And they also said it's the most conservative a Democrat will ever be is on that day. Mm. Because that, and it's not a hit bash on anybody, but they get, they sit down and they find out what's really going on in the world. Not like, you know, what we say is happening. They get it from the horse's mouth, like the majors yeah. of the, the Marine Corps. That's where they this find out is, where th- about the aliens and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, the stuff yeah. that's actually going down. Yeah, and he did not look happy after that meeting. Uh, after he met, met with those people? Yeah. Because he, he probably got a, r- a rude awakening. Yeah, Because, yeah. I mean, he, you know, they, you're going to walk in and say, we just thwarted four terrorist attacks last month. Right. Like, it is no joke. So... So, I mean, he, he came out of that. And he probably got a gnarly wake-up call. Yeah. And, and he doesn't want the job. Let's face it. I have no idea. He, want, he wants the fame. He wants to say that he won. Like, but he doesn't, want to, he doesn't want to move out of Trump Tower. He doesn't want to be a, a, wa- a civil servant who at wants, all. Who wants to be president in the first place? That job I don't sucks. know. But all the people that want it so badly and claim to, claim to want it don't deserve it. I can tell you that much. I don't know, man, but I just, that's the worst freaking job I could ever imagine, man. And, you know, um, and that's, and you, you know, go back a little bit. Like, that was one thing about Barack Obama that I did really like. That's one thing I liked about Barack Obama. Barack Obama, despite all the differences I have in policy and everything like that, he was a very, very, I think he was a good communicator. I think he had a great demeanor. I think he was really good at controlling emotions. I think he was good at reassurance. Um, those are the qualities I would like to see hopefully passed from Barack Obama to Donald Trump. Right. Those are the things that I seriously think he's lacking. And now, as far as far as the public fate from what we see of the president, what those things that you listed are probably the most important things. Because the, his policies, in air quotes, 
like you said, got to get past Congress, line item by line item. So you can have these crazy, off-the-wall, alt-right views or whatever, but actually getting them done is a different story. Yeah, you need that decorum. You need that reassurance. You need that communication. You need to be able to talk to leaders of other countries in a way that and, 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 and we're gonna, reciprocates We're going to jump back a little bit, but that, that what you just said was the reason why the DNC didn't want Bernie Sanders in the first place. Because what people got to understand is they loved Bernie Sanders' ideas and all this stuff, but the way our government is structured, you can only move the goalpost so much at a time. So, like, for an example, let's say your goal is universal health care and free college for everybody. Well, do you have any idea how many steps, governmental steps, it takes to get there? There's, like, 5,000 steps in between those things, all of which require the goalposts being moved a little bit at a time based on your connections within all the... Um, parties in the Senate and the House and all that good stuff, which Bernie Sanders did not have. And I know for, I, I'm not going to say I know for a fact I don't work in the DNC or anything like that, but just from looking at an outside perspective, they probably liked what he was saying and they probably want the same things he was saying, but they had the insiders know that he wasn't going to be able to move the goalposts they needed to because Hillary Clinton was the one that had all the ground game and structure to make it happen. So, that's my personal feeling why they did they i bet you behind the scenes a lot of them probably liked bernie sanders more than they liked hillary clinton sure probably did because i like bernie sanders more than hillary clinton i freaking despise hillary clinton you don't think she just bought it she just bought what the nomination of course she bought the nomination buying it doesn't mean actual wait to like him buy it off of him from bernie no i mean used her money to secure it if bernie's ideas were better and people liked him better, but she got the nomination. What else am I left to believe? It was all it was all politics. Why she got in, she got the nomination. It was all well, over politics. In, sounds like code word for bullshit to me. Well, that's what politics mostly is most of the time. Okay, so she had all the she Call had it what it is. She everybody owed Hillary favors. Right. Hillary promised a lot of favors to people to vote for her from the super delegates. You know all that stuff. So Bernie was an outsider. He's not even, people don't even understand, he's not a, he was never a Democrat, period. Right. He was an independent. Right. So first of all, people didn't have, the, the DNC was never loyal to him. So you had all these insiders um, were diehard Hillary supporters because they're the same party. They're the same people. They're the same everything. Same Bernie, Jersey. Yeah, Bernie was not, from that, was not from that cut. So he was on the he was an outsider. They the were way. Lakers. Bernie was a Clipper. I mean, he they, and and this is going to be a weird statement, but let me clarify: Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders, from a political stance, were very similar coming into this race right. from where they stood. Now, idea wise, very different. Shockingly, and I had this conversation. Now you mean, but you mean similar as far as like their their take on everything? No, I mean, I mean similar. Bernie as, Sanders was still a, a uh, an activist. Uh, a, a servant in some sense, where Donald Trump was just a civilian. no, no. What I mean was, what I mean was, they were both outsiders within the party structures. Within the, got you. Yeah. Within that's what I mean by that. Funny thing though is, and I because uh, you know what I'm seeing right now, I'm talking about because everybody, everybody wants to figure out how this possibly happened. There's every excuse under the sun I've seen. Let me see. Let, let me see if I can list off the reasons why people think he won. First of all, because Facebook? you want to do Facebook. Do I want to do Facebook? Yeah. No, I'm. I'm just. You brought I'm, your phone. 
No, I'm just I'm just going off the top of my head right now. We'll go into oh. that. So I've heard some things because they said like 40-something percent of the population didn't vote. So people are like, oh, this is what happens when you don't vote. I was like, that's every election. Right. That's, that's not, not this election. That's not new. That's not new. Everybody, like, see, see, so everybody wants, uh, that was one reason. Every, other reasons because everybody, the United States is inherently racist, so they're voting for a racist. That's another one. Another one is the electoral college system screwed it. There's everything under the sun. Um, but the funny thing is that the, the, uh, the big key was those, was those Northwestern states, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Minnesota, Ohio, like that whole area in there. That was the key to it. Mm-hmm. Funny thing is Bernie Sanders policy was in, um, targeting those states was almost identical to Donald Trump's right. Almost identical. And it's funny because he's a borderline, some democratic socialist. I don't know what you want to call it, socialist, whatever. And he's a hardcore capitalist. But their policy and message for those union states were the exact same almost. So the funny thing is, and and that's why I think Donald Bernie Sanders probably would have won. Right. I think he probably would have won because, I mean, he would have taken all the states Hillary was going to take. But his message would have been what the people wanted to hear and that they did respond to. Mm-hmm. Hillary never talked about that stuff. Why didn't her advisors have her do that? Because they were so convinced from everything I've seen, they were so convinced that they could win this based solely on making Trump a demagogue. Yeah. And that seems like a lazy strategy. Well, I mean, I mean, here, I mean, they were trying to play the, I mean, I think it's because they were trying to play the deflect game because Hillary is, no squeaky clean candidate, and a lot of people did not like her. So I think her goal was to take all the light off of her, put yeah. it on him, yeah. and then that would just end it. The problem is it backfired. It ended up backfiring and did not work out at all, like she said, because and she couldn't really walk into those states with that message because she has multiple times voted on policies that have hurt those states, and they know it. You know, international trade deals and everything that mm-hmm. has killed the economy in those areas. Yeah. So, um, what is it? T T T P P. What was what was the actual one? The uh, actual NAFTA. Trade? Um, I, I I'm stupid that I shouldn't I should know this oh, off the top same, of my head. Same here. But anyways, that killed her. Yeah. That killed her, and um, and it was funny. Pull up that pull up that uh um, last uh. Mean right there. Okay. The image of the electoral college. The map. Yeah. So basically, what it says right now is the population of California. I'm just going to read this verbatim, guys. So sorry if this takes a couple seconds. But this is verbatim. The pro, the uh, population of California is 38 million, roughly. The population of Wyoming is 384,000. California has 55 electoral votes. Wyoming only has three. It takes 705, roughly thousand California to a. Uh, votes to equal one electoral vote, and it takes 194,000 in Wyoming to equal one electoral one electoral vote. Now, this this specific meme is one of those things that was trying to blame the electoral college for the reasoning of it. That the electoral college is messed up, and I guess this is where we should go. And I guess this is since this was one of those major things we should talk about. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, now where. Let me ask you a question. Where where are you on this issue? I'd like to know your opinion on this issue. What what do you mean? Give me a, ex- the, ask me a direct question. Okay. What is your view is the electoral system an outdated system in your opinion? Cuz this is this is what people are passing around. I'm seeing right, petitions right, right. and all this. First of all, hey, first first of all, 
Well, I have to qualify my statement. I, I am not a political science major. Okay. I'm so, not a scholar. You know what? Let me, I'll clarify this a little bit then. Sure. Uh, first of all, um, this is to anybody out there that is signing one of those petitions to ban the electoral college and everything like that. You can't change the rules after the outcome has already come out. Your online petition is worthless. Yeah. And I just want to clarify that. You're about 17 years late on that. Yeah, sorry about that. You don't get to change the rules after the game is played. Now, my thoughts on the Electoral College, it, given the era in which it was created and my understanding of the reason it was created, okay, because today we have so much technology and so much advanced means of communication and advanced means of collecting data, a.k.a. online voting, absolutely, I don't think, I think it's outdated. I do think it is outdated. Okay. Now, the Electoral College, if you people, are, and don't, don't feel bad if you don't understand this stuff, not, not you, Doug, but the people listening right now. Because no, I'm this, just as guilty. I don't. Yeah, so the Electoral College is what we call indirect democracy. Okay. We do not live in a democracy. We live in a republic. Okay. We live in a representat- representational republic system. Okay. So basically the way this system works is you do not, well, first of all, you have to decipher what the electoral college is versus popular vote. Popular vote just means whoever gets the most votes wins. Like okay? American Idol. Now, now the electoral system. Why did you go to American <laughs> Idol? Because you can text your vote in. Jeez, Louise, why can't we just do that right now at the presidential election? That was my point. So, um, anyways, so the electoral college, it you don't have what you're doing is you're voting. There's 538 members in the House that vote for the president, and each state has a certain number of delegates based on population size. So, for an example. Like the meme I just showed you, California has a lot more people, therefore it has a lot more electoral votes. Okay? Makes sense, right? Now, the reason it was put into place for in the first place was basically a couple reasons. The original founding, founding fathers did not believe that the um, population would, was um, educated enough to directly vote for a president. So they created this system that would allow a checks and balance system between the people and the vote for the people. Sounds kind of bad, but given the time it was, it actually made a lot of sense. Secondarily, the Founding Fathers were very concerned about the big states being able to control the little states. And this is a key one. By big states, you mean largely populated Largely populated to be able to. And this one's a big one because what people don't understand is we are not one solid country. The United States is not one solid country. It's basically 50 individual countries that form one union. Okay, so your, every state is a popular vote system. So when you have your primaries in every single state, so when you went and voted in California for a candidate, the person who got the most votes won California. It's a, it's a winner-take-all system for, except in some cases where you get split delegates and stuff like that based on it. For the majority, the country is based off of individual primaries is winner-take-all based on popular vote. But when it comes to the electorate, what they didn't want to do is they didn't want allow California alone to be able to sway an entire election. They didn't want New York, Texas, these huge states, because every single state has its own culture. 
So what would happen is, and here's reality, if you got rid of the popular vote, the only thing is your, your candidates would never touch any of the small states and all they would do is cater to the big cities. It's all they would do because roughly 50% of the population lives in big cities. Right. So you would only have one type of voter. The way the popular, the electoral college is set up right now, it requires that the candidate cater to a bunch of different voters instead of only going to New York, Texas, Florida, and California. Because if you went to a popular system, that's all they would do. They would never touch Kentucky. They would never touch Ohio. They would never touch Pennsylvania, Vermont, Maryland, Rhode Island. They would never touch any of these states because there would be no point of wasting your time in an pl- area that's less populated when all you got to do is take four major cities that and you win the election. That made sense before TV, before the internet. That made sense. You don't have to physically set foot in Wyoming to but, but they talk st- to those people. But they still are. But I'm just saying. They still are. If that's the reason for it, that's absurd. Well it's, well, it's funny because I think we're actually moving backwards. We actually have to go on the ground more than we did probably 10, 15 years ago. For what? Because what's happening is mass communication, like there is no more one centralized form of mass communication. Meaning like, you know, like prior to the internet, being on television, everybody was on television. Sure. Everybody's yeah. watching television. It's not that way anymore. So what's happening is I bet you, you probably missed 99% of the town hall meetings that the candidates did. Was it during football? Then yeah, I missed it. <laughs> so, so, so I personally, I am a one hundred percent supporter of the electoral college. Really, I'm a hundred percent supporter. Even though the people in Wyoming's vote is worth three times your vote, it's not three worth times. three times votes. It's only worth three times the vote because California is a predetermined blue state. Okay, because it's not a battleground state. But that that and that actually proves the, or that in my opinion, that's a supporter of the. Um, electoral college because it's saying everybody there votes blue all the time. So there's no diversity. Right. Meaning because what happens is people, we, we, we merge to like ideals. So generally heavily populated areas, they're not split 50, 50. They're generally, they're generally heavy one way or the other because like ideals cultivate to each other. So what's going to happen is, your, your major cities like Los Angeles and everything like that would be able to basically determine almost every major election. But if, if California and L.A. are always blue, and that's the reason that you didn't feel the need, why wouldn't the candidates skip Texas, skip Florida, skip, I mean, not Florida, but skip New York, skip L.A., well, I mean, if and just go to those battleground states only and that's, just focus That's on pretty that. much what a lot of them do at the very end. It's pretty much what they do on the very end. I mean, for the most part, that's what they do all the time. Yeah. Now, you have to secure your areas and stuff like that. You want to secure your areas because what happens is you have to get people excited in the area so they bring out a lot of other people. It's a terrible idea to just exnay and just spend your entire time on the, the battleground states. Right. But Did Trump come to California? Yeah, Trump did come to California. I uh, must have been Orange yeah. County. Yeah. Trump come to County. He came to Costa Mesa. I remember yeah, he came Orange to County. Because yeah, there, there was a nice little protest when he came out to Costa right, Mesa. Right, right. Uh, heavily Hispanic population out there. So mm. I remember I remember it pretty well. Um, didn't go out there, but I just remember I listened to the I we, we actually talked one time. I listened to the whole radio show while they were covering it. It was yeah. fascinating. You know, Weed Maps is uh in Costa Mesa. What's that? Seriously? What's that? Weed maps. Wait, what? Prop 64, man. Weed's legal. You want to hit? Yeah, but what, is, what do you mean weed maps? That's where It's like Uber for weed. You go on, you look at a map, and you see where all the dispensaries are. Oh. Well, when are they going to start delivering to the houses? They already do. All right. You, you want to hit? I can call my guy. Right now? Yeah. I don't think I should do this intoxicated, man. It's legal, man. Not Prop yet. 64. Not yeah, yet. Man. No, right away. Not yet, man. Voice of the people, bro. 
No, it takes time to get stuff in legislation in place. That's I don't know. I mean, and I, let's be a reality. They probably wouldn't. Nobody gives a crap anymore <laughs> in California anyway. Like, here's the funny thing is like legalization. You know what? Coming from California, though, being fair, like, oh, weed's legal. I've never met a single person who smokes weed that ever had a hard time getting their hands on weed. You're right, right. It, it is. It, like, come, come on. Getting a medical marijuana card in California is a joke. It's a joke. So yeah, fifty dollar like, joke. Oh jeez, always. Those are the people that are pissed. The people that are writing those prescriptions. Yeah. So it's like, I just, I, to be honest, everybody's like, oh, it's great. And it's like, I this is not going to change. Uh, everybody who has who smokes weed is like, it literally at worst takes like a phone call to figure it out. It's yeah. like the easiest thing in the entire. The only thing world. that changed is the people that have like government jobs or you know that wear suits to work. They're less likely to hide their habit now. Yeah, but I would you say. But, and you know it's funny though like, that you can still discriminate. You can still test people for it. Yeah, for jobs. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Yeah, watching that still, play out for the next the job. Few years. The, the and I think this is necessary though. I think you still have to be able to. This is the. I think it's a compromise. I think it's a compromise. Like if you want this legal, but the you should the company should still be able to say we don't want anybody use if using this while we're working. While you're working, sure, but it's like. If you're operating heavy machinery, you can't be drunk. You can't be on prescription medication. You can't be smoking weed, right? If you're operating heavy machinery. Yeah. But you can go home and have a beer. Yeah. They're not going to test you to see if you consume alcohol ever. So jobs are still going to be testing to see if you've had weed in the last 30 days and determine your employment based on that. Well, that's going to be an issue. Yes, that's That's going to be be a problem. Well, first of all, like basic things, you can't, like alcohol is out of your system in like, like six hours anyway. Right. So you can't test for it anyway. Weed, you can still test for. You can still test for, but it's not no longer affecting your ability, your cognition at work. Agreed. But what I'm saying is, and you're, you're agreed, but what I'm saying is we, they wrote the law so companies are still allowed to discriminate based on that, though. Right, right. They're still allowed to. Yeah, but th- I, these, are, these are the people that are doing coke on the weekends and then come to work and fire you for smoking weed on Monday. <laughs> What's wrong with coke, bro? Little, little double standard. I mean, it goes out of your system fast. So why aren't you doing coke instead of weed? Smoking it, weed. It helps you focus. Coffee's cheaper. I don't know. Mess even better, bro. <laughs> I know we can get some around here, dude. I oh, know, around where I, I live. I know where we can get some oh, around here. Yeah, the the crystal is real in the AV. Yeah. So, hey, did you know that the Antelope Valley Press was one of three newspapers to support Trump? To openly support Trump. I'm not shocked. Like, out of the closet, support. I'm Trump. not shocked. Not in this area. I'm not shocked. Well, you, and you know, you know, I'm not shocked either, but I was talking to Michael and we, we had a podcast and um, I said, you know what? Like you were saying, the lean in vote. Nobody told me that they were a Trump supporter. Literally during the whole campaign, I saw one car that said Trump 2016. And they also had a sticker that said Church of God. But you know what? I, here's the thing. Is, you know, I, I, one thing I noticed on the campaign trail on the campaign trail, like I was on the campaign trail, <laughs> like because I travel a lot for work. Yeah, you know what, California in general, this election, you didn't see many bumper stickers for anybody. To yeah. be honest, you didn't see many signs out front, and I think that's because, like, even on the like, you, you know, people didn't really want to open up that they were voting for Trump. Yeah. But then on the Hillary side, not many people were super psyched about her in general. I mean, she won California, which was expected. Right. But you it know, didn't bring out enthusiasm. You know, I went to the suburbs in Michigan billboards for trump yeah oh my gosh people flying flags with trump like mm-hmm. trump is like the next coming of christ yeah. out in those areas yeah. so the vast difference was insane yeah. and that was one of the things that really opened up my eyes everywhere i went like that 
I, there was nowhere I traveled where I saw huge pushes for Hillary. Right. I didn't see it anywhere, but I saw a lot of pockets that were huge Trump yeah. supporters. That was the big difference I noticed on there. But, you know, Californians this election, I just noticed were kind of quiet about who they I just saw I saw more Bernie Sanders stickers than I did Hillary totally, Clinton yeah. stickers. It was, it was a foregone conclusion. So anyways, so I heard, I heard a comic. He went, I think it was Ben Bailey, the guy who used to do Cash Cab. He went on a tour, uh, a comedy tour, and he said he saw it coming. He saw the writing on the wall because he would go to all these southern states and perform in Trump hats and shirts and billboards everywhere. And that's when it dawned on him, you know, it, it's a big country. Yep. You know, people, and uh, it's not just the coast. You, they, they talk about the excitement factor and how yeah. important it is when it comes to elections. Yeah. The excitement matters. Yeah. I mean, getting a candidate elected in today's world that doesn't really have any mojo, yeah. not an easy feat. And, you know, everybody's blaming, trying to come up with the blame of how Trump won. But you know what? Dems out there. You guys got to look at yourselves because you guys put up a crappy candidate. Yeah. And your game plan was wrong. I mean, now it's easy for me to say hindsight. Monday morning quarterback. So it's, it's, it's easy for me to say after it happened. We've all seen the, the angry British rant. You've yeah. seen that guy on Wait, Facebook. Was, was it the Irish guy? Whatever. Same thing. Yeah, the right? accent. He's like getting anybody? ready, he's putting clothes on, and he's. Oh, yeah, that was yeah. great. Yeah. But anybody who's not American doesn't matter. <laughs> Who let kidding. him in the country? In the yeah, seriously. Place. But I did see that, and that's what he was talking about. Yeah. He was, she was he, a crap candidate. He was a, a crappy candidate. candidate. And you know what? Yelling at people, calling them racist, misogynist, does not work. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work. It actually backfired into people coming out in full force and voting. And I'm noticing people are doubling down on that strategy. They're going to, it's just all I see on there, everybody who's voting unfriend me if you voted for Trump because you're a racist. It's like this strategy does not work in today's world. Even if you truly, and I'm not even like, you might actually believe that. You might believe that anybody that inherently voted for Trump is a racist, but it does your cause no good for you to say that out loud. That's the reality. It's not doing anybody good because we saw the ramifications of how that strategy plays out. Right. Because no matter how, you know, you, you, it doesn't matter what happens here in California doesn't matter. California is going to go a certain area. And, I, and coming from California, the thing I hate most about Californians is we tend to think that the rest of the country thinks like we do, mm-hmm. which is so wrong. Or that we're trendsetting and that the rest of the country is following. It's, and it's not that way anymore. I mean, with the internet ideas, we don't, you know, we used to follow California because prior to mass communications, they set the foundation because the entertainment industry would create new trends and all this stuff. But now everybody has access to everything online. California does not have the sway that it once did. It just doesn't. Or tech. Yeah. Tech or sway. So, I mean, us Californians kind of need to suck it up and realize we're not as important as we think we are. I got another, I got another clip for you. What do we got uh, here? In the same vein. This is uh, John Stewart. Um, talking about, um, let's get some volume here. You discuss a new book about the more than 16 years. You like John Stewart, right? He's hilarious. Program. He was quick to give his post-election analysis. We just went through an election. What? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, your reaction to this election? Uh, surprise. In, in, in uh, surprise. Okay, fair, fair, fair. Fear. It, it, it all ties together. Well, fear, you know, here, here's what I would honestly say. Uh, I don't believe we are a fundamentally different 
country today than we were two weeks ago. The same country with all its uh, grace and uh, flaws and volatility and insecurity and strength and resilience exists today as existed two weeks ago. The same country that uh, elected Donald Trump, elected Barack Obama. That's I feel right badly there. for the people for whom this election will mean more uncertainty and insecurity. But I also feel like this fight has never been easy. And the ultimate irony of this election is the cynical strategy of the Republicans, which is our position is government doesn't work. We're going to make Drain sure that swamp. it doesn't. But they're not draining the swamp. McConnell and Ryan, those guys are the swamp. And what they decided to do was, I'm going to make sure government doesn't work, and then I'm going to use its lack of working as evidence of it. Donald Trump is a reaction, not just to Democrats, to Republicans. He, he's not a Republican. He's a repudiation of Republicans. But they will reap the benefit of his victory in all of their cynicism and all of their, I will guarantee you, Republicans are going to come to Jesus now about the power of government. One of the things that I think struck me about odd about this election, and maybe I just missed it, was nobody asked uh, Donald Trump what makes America great. And that was the part that I, what are, what he are wants his... to make America great again. Yes. Nobody said to him, well, what is it that makes America great? Correct. Fascinating question that I did not what hear anybody not ask. Doing now? What are the metrics? Because it seems like, from listening to him, the metrics are that it's a competition. And I think what many would say is what makes us great is America is an anomaly in the world. Nobody, there are a lot of people, and I think his candidacy has animated that thought that a multi-ethnic democracy, a multicultural democracy is impossible. And that is what America by its founding and constitutionally is. Like and, every and other it's state. becoming more and more, Correct. year by year. Correct. But do you think it's healthy that we have this now, that in fact this battle, this real sense of finding out who we are? Yes, but I also... And, and whether we have gone off track in some way. Absolutely. You know, I think you... I would rather have this conversation openly and honestly than in dog whistles. You know, somebody was saying, uh, uh, there might be an anti-Semite that's working in the White House. And I was like, have you listened to the Nixon tapes? <laughs> like, forget about advising the president. The president. Like, yeah. have you read LBJ? Do you know our history? You know, this is... And, and we also have to caution ourselves to the complexity of that history. I thought Donald Trump disqualified himself at numerous points. But there is now this idea that uh, anyone who voted for him is has to be defined by the worst of his rhetoric. Like, there are guys in my neighborhood like, that I love, that I respect, that I think have incredible qualities, who are not afraid of Mexicans and not afraid of Muslims and not afraid of blacks. They're afraid of their insurance premiums. In the liberal community, you, ha you hate this idea of creating people as a monolith. Don't look at Muslims as a monolith. They are the individuals, and it, it would be ignorance. But everybody who voted for Trump is a monolith, is a racist. That hypocrisy is also real in our country. And so this is the fight that we wage against ourselves and each other because America is not natural. Natural is tribal. 
We're fighting against thousands of years of human behavior and history to create something that no one's ever, that's what's exceptional about America, and that's what's... That's a key like, quote. This ain't easy. It's a key quote. It's, it's, it's an incredible thing. Yeah, you know what? Mm, I That is fascinating that nobody asked that question. Wisdom from John Stewart. Yep. Uh, by the way, I I like him sometimes, don't like him other times. So I liked him that time. I liked him that time. And you know what? The funny thing is, like, if you asked Donald Trump what made America great, you're going to get the same answer from Democrats as you're going to get from Republicans. Now, sorry, you're going to get the same answer from every Democrat, and you're going to get the same answer from every Republican, and they're going to be very different answers okay. from each other. So, you know... Um, if you ask a Republican something like that, they're going to talk about small government, personal freedom, economic expansion based on personal freedom, strong strong military presence. That these these are the things they're going to say that made America great. But basically, their reliance the you know, Republicans are going to Republicans are for the most part are going to say because of the independence, freedom, the ability to grow is what made America great. Okay. Okay. And on the Democrats other side? are going to generally talk about. Um, assimilation through ev- uh, like a Diversity. melting pot. Okay. Okay. Neither of them are wrong. Neither of them are wrong. But what they focus on are very, very different. See, because it's true, the Dems, this is a melting pot. There's no doubt about that. Um, and that is great. That's why every- you don't have illegal immigration problems in crappy, in, 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 uh, low freedom countries. Right. No you don't have that. In there, yeah. You're going to have the most illegal immigration in our country because the chance of success. That's the way it goes. Because you have ex- economic freedom here to be able to pursue stuff that you generally don't have in a lot of countries. You just don't. I mean, if you go to a hardcore socialist country, you're going to pretty much stay at the bottom. But that's okay because almost everybody stays at the bottom. Right, with little so or no effort. It doesn't sound that as bad when everybody's at your same level. Right. But you don't if you go to if you go to Sweden, you're never going to have the opportunity to become a multimillionaire from nothing. It just doesn't happen. Their system doesn't allow for it. Purposely doesn't allow for it. Right. So, well, you're you're not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. Well, I mean, let's, let's So let's ask ourselves the same question. So, I, I mean, I, I am going to agree that I, what I think makes America great was a couple factors. So I think what uh, – throughout history, first of all, the, um, the uh, small government stance to personal freedom is key to everything. That's the key to everything because how it breaks up the country through state sovereignty – and what, and just in case anybody knows, state sovereignty is where each state is basically its own country, and they get to create their own laws for that state based on the culture of that state. So the ability to influence law within your own state based on your surrounding communities and their mm-hmm. values is huge. Yeah. It's gigantic. Saying, like, the federal government cannot tell my city how we're going to live. Now, obviously, there are federal laws, but the ability for them to for our little community to have say in how we run our thing as opposed to the federal government, that's number one. That's a gigantic key. Another key is, you know, uh, the ability with um, economic freedom. Now, obviously, when I say economic freedom, there's holes in there because, unfortunately, some people are corrupt and they take advantage of things. But the ability to 
go up tomorrow, start a business, and be possibly a millionaire, I mean, I consider that an amazing thing. I consider that great. Our national security, well, like, um, we have the strongest, we have by far the strongest military in the world. So, and that was based on a couple different factors, based on the factor of, you know what, we just had some of the biggest all-time patriots in all of history in this country. We did. We had some of the biggest patriots in history, where people back in the day, um, I don't say now, well, there still are some out there, that literally woke up and they just dreamed to put their lives on the line to defend what they considered freedom. And I know that sounds like a cliche statement, but there was truly people during like crucial points in history, World War II, one, World War II, that put it all on the line for this new constant, this new democracy, uh, freedom concept that they truly believed. And we get to sit here and reap the benefits of that. Um, people being able to come in from all over the world, the melting pot is another great thing about this country and, um, within restraints. Now I put that in restraints, which, you know, you talk to some other people and they don't like when I say put in restraints, I do believe it has to be controlled because I understand how it affects how numbers, the population controls economies financially. I understand how it controls safety issues. So immigration within restraint is a good thing. So those are what I think made this country great. Now, was there a certain point in history that we were great? I wouldn't say there was a specific time. I wouldn't say there was a specific time we were specifically great. From 1904 to 1906, we were just so great. Well, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. I think every generation had greatness, and also every generation had flaws. So even the generation during the Founding Fathers, that was probably, I mean, there's no doubt about it that the overthrowing of the, the Revolutionary War from Britain is one of the biggest upsets of all time, way bigger than this election upset. That was the biggest upset of all time. No, but at the same time, we had slavery. So you got a black eye there. It was greatness because we did this, took, we overthrew what we considered an oppressive government. and Hard to see a black eye on a black guy. <laughs> see what I did there? Yeah, and just for the people that uh, I'm sitting here that don't know Doug, for my people, he is black, by the way. So that's a lot funnier of a joke coming out of his mouth. Racial jokes are funny. Yeah, but you can say these more than I can. Well, I want, I want my turn to say what makes America great. You've been sitting here talking for... Dang it, that's horrible. Anyways, let me finish this two-second statement. So every generation had good and every generation had bad. Yeah. Because you know why? Because people suck. And a lot of people sometimes that we... They, you know, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. And I'm going to say something real quick. And out of context, it sounds really bad. But you know what you can't do? You can't look back at the founding fathers and just like, even though we look at, we know slavery is wrong and everything now, you can't go back and just point the finger and just blame them because at this time in history, it was a normal thing. It was a normal thing. Now, that doesn't make it right, but what I'm saying is you can't sit back and throw stones at people for things that were norms and then get pissed off that they don't think the exact same way you did. So what I mean by that is like you go back to somebody from the 1950s and they would drop the N-bomb like a normal state, even if it was just, even if it wasn't even out of a racist thing, using that word was 
normal. You know what I'm saying? So we can't look at that the exact same way from our standpoint. We, I, we have this major problem, I think, where we just think we're holier than thou in this generation and that anything that was different, we can just like criticize to the max without taking things into context. And is that a justification for slavery? Not in the slightest. But what I'm saying is that that one little thing doesn't discount everything else they did. I still think you can still say that certain things were great despite having what I would consider a black eye. So even though they had slaves and that's a major black eye, they also did some great things at the same time. And I think that's a perfect euphemism for human history in general, where we're doing things, we're screwing up, and we're sometimes progressing at the same time. Now I'll stop talking for a second so Doug can bring in his opinion. So, so just to summarize, America was great and continues to be great for the reasons that, that you've laid out. Will it be great forever? No, no. I'm, just, I'm, just sum, I'm just summarizing. Say that one more time. America just... was great and continues to be great for, for the reasons, the, the economic freedom, the, the melting pot, for the reasons that you brought up. I it think, was and is. I think is that I wh- think because is those, that how you feel? those major principles okay. that that's how you can justify that it was great, but I don't think you can justify a specific time period gotcha. it was. Gotcha. Where it was great. I'm saying as long as we stick to certain principles, gotcha. I think we can stay great. If we move away from those principles, then America, in my opinion, is no longer great. So I'm I'm going to say, and this is interesting because I never really put this question to myself. I honestly never really have. And I'm going to say that America is not great. Can can then go for it and explain? I'm going to say that America has great potential. Okay. 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 Because when when I first posed the question to you, I thought if it was me answering, I would say freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom of expression. That's what makes America great because... Look at the the art that we've produced. Look at the the innovation that we've produced in America. Okay? But we don't have natural resources. We pillage the world's natural mm-hmm. resources. Okay? And so the framework of freedom and opportunity that we've set up that has all of these opportunities for corruption. I don't think I think we're getting in our own way. We're we're policing the world when we should be helping our neighbor. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're 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 raping the the lands and the mines in Africa when we should be making sure that our people have clean Ooh, water. I gotta, I gotta have that blood diamond. That blood You know what diamond. I mean? And to to me, the role of government, as I said, I'm I'm not a a Democrat, I'm not a Republican. Limited government, in my opinion, is making sure that all of your citizens have clean water, resources, and that pursuit of happiness that everyone is talking about. Okay? And the the national security, the securing the securing the borders that you brought up is only because we're such a fucking bully. We wouldn't have to secure our borders if we treated our neighbor like we wanted to be treated. Yeah, but but let's take that. What do you mean so, by that? Because here's the thing is, they're coming over here because their whoa, country... Whoa, who's they? 
Uh, I'm just going to use Mexico for example because okay. that's our. That's come on. Let's not kid ourselves. Nobody's flooding in from Canada. Okay, we're it's our southern border. They that's, should close their border if they're smart. Canada well, should. if you see that South Park episode, they do. They build a wall from Canada to. Oh, the US. do they? Yes. It's amazing. Oh, I missed that one. South Park predicted this entire thing. By the way, you need they, to watch that episode. Yeah, but they had to, they had to do some rewrites the <laughs> after no, the they, election. No, they they <laughs> no they had they did the they did an episode mocking Donald Trump like months ago. Oh, okay. And um, you got to watch it. I don't want to give it away. <laughs> but here's the thing: is like, so people are coming from Mexico because the opportunity for them is not there on their country. It's just, they don't have opportunity there. They're going to stay low. They're going to, it's a, it's a second world nation. Yeah. They're going to stay in poverty. Basically it's almost guaranteed. So they're coming over here because they can probably do better financially to make more money. How Mexico builds their structure. We can't go in and build their country up. We can't build their country. Actually, the number one form of money coming from their from the, their number one income from oil sales from us mm-hmm. and from people sending back money for that they make in the U.S. We can't fix somebody else's governmental structure to make their ec- economy good. Oh, don't tell that to the administration. We can't do that. Like <laughs> it's just financially, it's it's not possible. It's not possible because making a, a country's economy good is not based off just giving dollars. It's based off of whole philosophy. So their but, philosophy. But our, our economy is based on on confidence anyway. Like I said, we have no natural resources. It's all philosophy. Our entire philosophy and why the United States in general is so um, is so fine is so wealthy in the first place is this idea of the free market. The free market is what makes us rich in the first place. Well, no, no, no. But that free market had to start somewhere, and it started with free labor. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Originally. So capitalism is capitalizing on things that have no monetary value. But still today, you know, you can still today, you can start off, you can start a company today with barely any involvement from the government. Right. And you can build up to be a multi, multi-millionaire. Yeah. And you can, you can do nothing, meaning provide no real service and just move some numbers around and be rich beyond your wildest dreams. Is that a problem? I'm not saying it is. I'm just pointing out that... The capitalist nature is not one that is altruistic. Because I would love to just move numbers around and be a millionaire. I would love it if I could. I, mean, I don't have that that's, ability. That's but what investment bankers do. Yeah, I mean, it's great. Good for them. I wish I knew how to do that. I don't so want to do it, that. but I, I'm not gonna, I am going to go as far as to say that it's, that it's smoke and mirrors, this greatness. We are a good country. Like Stuart was saying, it's an anomaly. You know, we're doing something that's never been done before, having so many different cultures, religions, histories, and backgrounds living together in one republic. Yeah. That's new, well, right? I, yeah, I mean, And that's awesome. But we can't sit here. Like, I don't, I don't buy into this, this nationalism crap. So, like, here's the thing. You, saying, you can say confidently that the United States is the richest, most powerful nation that's ever, that's ever existed on this planet. You can say they're the most diverse country that's ever existed on this planet. That doesn't necessarily equate to greatness, though. That doesn't necessarily mean you're the you're that means it's a great country. So greatness in general is a philosophy across the board. It's confidence. So it's it's whatever you think makes a country great is what makes America great. So a lot of people say it's the richest, most powerful country that's ever existed in the world. Therefore, it's the greatest nation that's ever existed. Yeah. You can say that, 
but nobody can nobody can tell you you're wrong either because there's no definition of what makes a country great in the first place because you talk to different people and what makes a country great is completely dependent on their whatever their ideology is yeah but I, i'm telling you it's we've tricked the rest of the world into buying into our confidence in ourselves and the confidence that we're we're saying we're great and we're showing what we because have the, because the united states runs the world we pretty much do. We run all the financial markets. We run entertainment. We run everything. And those are ethereal things. Oh, and that, that's, and that that's be, not, there's nothing real in that. And that might be true. But what I'm saying is the reason they buy into all this is because we run everything. You know, you go to the UN and the United States fronts 50% of the bill of the entire UN. Yeah, but if, if, I, if I go to Disneyland tomorrow. Which is, I don't like. Just and, kidding. And, and I, bring, I bring with me a whole bunch of printed tickets. And I say, all right, boys and girls, if you've got... A blue ticket, you can go on this ride. And if you've got a red ticket, you can go on this ride. Well, I've just made them all have confidence in my economy and have made myself the leader of Disneyland simply by creating a manner in which they can have commerce amongst one another. I haven't done anything but in, imposed my own system of economic will on them. That's all I've done. Well, we have Does that make sense? Yeah, I get what you're saying, but we haven't really like economically wise, we haven't imposed it on anybody. Are you kidding me? I don't think we I don't think the word petrodollar? I don't think the I don't think imposing is the right word. It's definitely the right word. I don't think it's the right word. And I'll give you an example. And what I mean by that is, you know, humans naturally are going to react to certain things in a certain way. And what I mean by that is right now, if I go on if I'm looking for a TV online, okay, and I go on Amazon and I start searching, me personally, you got a couple factors, but I am generally going to buy based on the lowest price. Okay. Okay? I'm a value buyer. Okay? Capitalism is the system that can allow for the greatest product at the cheapest price and all these other factors. If you put it up against any financial other system, it's going to win. Because in capitalism, price making everything is always based to satisfy the consumer. Mm. It's always satisfied that way. That's how capitalism works through competition. Competition. I would say that's how capitalism functions i wouldn't go far as to say it works no okay it functions it <laughs> i'm a stickler for, for words as the people on your facebook yeah, feed know capitalism <laughs> functions in the way that you get the best deal you can for the consumer so they consume the most of your product right so if you put capitalism up against any system it's always going to win because us humans no win it's going to create the biggest it's going to create the most um uh, what's the word? Disparity competition. It's going to create Demand the most competition. Everything. It's going to. Because at the end, the consumer who buys any product is going to get the best value out of a capitalistic product than any other product. If they're savvy. So if you put capitalism up against socialism in a financial market, capitalism always wins. Capitalism always wins. Yeah. So nobody does capitalism better than the United States. Hands yeah, down. but it's we we invented our own game, so, so of course we're going to be the so best at it. So if you start intertwining economies against a major capitalist society like the United States, you're going to lose every single time. Yeah, and here's where it gets scarier for these countries. Okay, we are now moving to a global economy with international e-commerce. So guess that guess what that means for all these socialist countries? 
Their form of government is in major trouble. Yeah, they can't play on the same. Because here's the thing is, how do I, let's say I live in Sweden, where it's a 22% inflation tax. First of all, congratulations to you, moving to Sweden. I would never move to Sweden. Gosh, we talk. The skiing is. We great. talk. We talk about. We talk about white people problem here in the United States. It's Sweden is ninety nine point nine 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 blonde hair, blue eyed white people. That's all it is. <laughs> so, if I am a person, if uh, if I am a person who lives in Sweden, and I want to buy a, I don't know, I'm just picking a product. Let's say I want to buy uh, because I'm from California. I want to buy a new surfboard. Okay. And I don't think they buy surfboards in Sweden. I don't think so. But anyways, longboards maybe. But because of the inflation rates, the tax rates and everything like that, this the 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 surfboard in um Sweden costs $700. The same surfboard in the United States costs $300. Why do I buy the one from Sweden for $700 when I can Buy the three hundred dollar one from the United States. Up ship the charge for fifty bucks to ship it over to me and save three hundred fifty dollars. Why would I do that? Because consumer always wants the best price and the best bang for their buck. Yeah. So if you move these countries to have to go to an international internet global economy, mm-hmm. it's going to collapse up most so of these is, countries. Is something blocking the people in Sweden from buying American goods right because now? Because international e-commerce is still in the baby phase. Okay. We are still pe- in the baby phases. People always poo-poo when you order something cheap from China on the because internet. Because we're still in the baby phases of it. But in the next five, six years, it's going to be totally normal. Mm-hmm. And we're going to move to a, you know, the nine to five concept? No, now, actually pe- I don't. Oh, you don't know. But for the average consumer and the I, average I, worker. I don't, I don't buy into the, the nine to five. Yeah, the average track. worker works nine to five. Why nine to five? I don't freaking know. Those are numbers we set. But as well, we it's move, because the farmers they had to go vote on uh, on Tuesday, so they had to work on. I'm just kidding. Oh, I was I like, I thought you, I thought he was making. I, I thought he was being legit. For I saw a something on John Oliver. But as we move to smart. as we move to an international like global economy, that nine to five thing goes out the window. Yeah. Because when it's five o'clock here, another day is getting started somewhere. If if I run an e-commerce site. You're always working. Why do I stop at 5 o'clock when no, there, there's not. still another side of the world that's just waking up to get started? Yeah, just like people that do day trading and do uh, Forex, foreign exchange uh, so not only markets. Not only is everybody going to have to be forced into capitalism yeah. through this, it's also going to force everybody into 24-7 capitalism. Yeah. Because your companies are going to run 24-7 in the future. Yeah. Well, luckily, we'll have the robots to automate it, so I can still work my 9-5. to five. So, I mean, I mean, so I... I don't know the major effects it's going to have, yeah. but capitalism is going to win yeah. in the end. Capital is going to win because at the end of the day, people want the best bang for their buck. Just, and that's human know, nature. That sounds, it sounds almost apocalyptic the way you said it. Capitalism is going to win. Oh, look, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't say good results were going to come at this at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. I just said it's going to win because at the end of the day, you know, I'm going to point out like a lot of hippies out there. Always claiming about are these know, dirty hippies or? I mean, all hippies are dirty for the most oh, part. I was just clarifying. So, um, and um, I'm going to call the social justice warriors. You know, we always talk about you know sweatshops, and we got to just like we got to protect all these people, dude. I see you ordering stuff on Amazon that comes out of China all the time. Only if it's Prime. Only yeah. if it's free shipping. Yeah. Come on, we're all full of crap. We're all full of crap. We pretend to care, but I don't see many people actually like when it gets down to it. They even the even the ideologues vote with their wallets because every time you make a purchase from Amazon, you are you are in two steps doing two things. 
and I'm not even hating. I vote off Amazon. I vote off Amazon. I order off Amazon. It will be soon. You are number one supporting a gigantic corporation. That's number one. You're take actually you're doing a couple things. You're taking away business from a small business and small independent business, and a lot of times you're taking it out of the U.S. for manufacturing. Right. And you don't understand that one order how big of an impact it has. It has an impact. Yeah. And we so we but but the sorting facility. Is in Victorville. <laughs> the U.S. Is in Victorville. Good. And, and the post office is now delivering on Sundays because of Amazon Prime. I so guess we've, that's, we've created guess a couple that's more a good, jobs. I, that's, you know what? And that's a very, very common thing. What they, a lot of capitalists will say for every job you lose, you gain a new one. Right, right, right. And, but I don't think that – I, I, I understand it that theory. It doesn't balance out. It doesn't balance out. Right. Because what that means – what I mean by that is like, look, we have a company. We have a, we have a computer program. That um, we have a computer program now that handles for my our, my business what I do on the side. That handles all the um, transactions in the entire company. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, that used to literally be like four different departments, probably thirty employees. And you say, oh well, you know, now you got people to service that program. Yeah, that's two people. So you, re- yeah, I got I created two new jobs that service this system I have inside. Mm-hmm. But you also lost twenty other jobs. But those time. 20 people are now free to go pursue their entrepreneur, entrepreneurial creative passions. Look, and which is true theoretically, but we're moving into a we're moving into a new economy. Yeah. Moving into a new Man, we went off a track big time on this one. I got a Walmart story for but you. But I don't care. I'm enjoying this conversation, but we went off the election, didn't we? But anyways, we'll be back. We'll be back. But, you know, there's only there's only uh, let me try that again. We're moving away from the, you know, if you just get up and you work hard and you stick your nose to the grindstone, you're going to be successful. We're not in that world anymore. We're not in the world where doing manual labor means anything anymore. We're past that. The days of just going into work, getting a pension, doing your work nine to five, those days are gone, man. Getting a pension, retiring, those days are gone. We're now in the technological age. You got to have some actual skill. You have to have a real skill, not just a be a body that can do stuff. You actually have to have a technical skill. And critical thinking. Yeah, you have to have... And innovation. It's a different world. And communication. So, so I mean, the, the, a lot of stuff we were raised to believe all you had to do to be successful, a lot of the rules don't apply anymore. I never believed in the so, first place. Yeah, I mean... I, I saw too many good people with that state of mind... Get the short end of the stick. Yeah, and I mean because the, and, and and it is because there's a lot of factors that always went into it. I mean, if even as someone who's a diehard capitalist like me, I mean the, the number one th- most important thing to being successful in this world is who you know. That's the number one most su- important thing. Before your before your technical skills and everything like that, it's who you are and who you know. And that's number one. Who you know what. They think you know yeah, all, all these things. They, come on, politics. <laughs> politics is everywhere, man. So I mean, and I, and you know what? The people that are most successful understand that. They know that. They know that. They're not. They're not the the people that get ahead in today's. And it's not just our society. It's every society. The people who know how to work the system work, get ahead. That's life. That's life. Is it fair? No, life's not fair. There's no way to change that. There's no way to, no matter what system you move to, 
there's always going to be people that are in the know and that are connected to other people, no matter what the system is. You can move to a fully communist socialist society and the people who are connected to the front politicians are always going to have first priority. They're always going to be rich. It doesn't matter the system. These things never change in all of human history. Yeah. So we're in an evolving world right now. We're in, we happen to be in the, I mean, we're the first generation to go from a connected world to a, from a non-connected world to a connected world. And we're just in the baby phases of all this stuff. So, I mean, and that was another one thing. We can go back to the presidential election. I've got a video queued up here. This is uh, President Obama's last visit to Germany um, with Chancellor Angela Merkel. Thank you very much, Mr. President. Uh, you've spoken a great deal about what you've characterized as kind of a crude form of nationalism, perhaps, on the rise. I'm wondering if you would advise some of those protesters at home to stop demonstrating against some of the charged rhetoric that has been used by Donald Trump. And I'm wondering as well if you've uh, advised your successor to be extra mindful of what you see as some very worrisome trends, particularly when it comes to making his own potentially powerful staff picks. Lastly, sir, um, in these final weeks of your presidency, do you believe you have any leverage to stop Bashar al-Assad and Vladimir Putin from continuing to bomb Aleppo? Chancellor Merkel, um, I'd like to ask questions. you, uh, yeah, Bashar al-Assad has described questions. Donald we're, Trump we're as going a natural somewhere with this ally. People. Your own foreign minister has described Donald Trump as a preacher of hate. I'm wondering, would you tell Americans that they now have a perception problem? One of the great things about our democracy is it expresses itself in all sorts of ways. Uh, and that includes people protesting. Uh, I've been the subject of protests going forward with this, Doug. during the course of my eight years, and I suspect that there's a not a president time. in our history that at some point hasn't been subject to uh, these protests. Uh, so I, I would not advise people who feel strongly uh, or are concerned about uh, some of the issues that have been raised during the course of the campaign. I wouldn't advise them uh, to be silent. What I would advise, yeah, we're talking about how what I advise get their before the election and what I will continue to advise about. after the election is that elections matter, voting matters, organizing matters being informed on the issues matter and uh, what I consistently say to young people I say it in the United States but I'll say it here in Germany and across Europe do not take for granted our systems of government and our way of life I think there is a tendency because we have lived in an out. era Let's go talk now. that has been largely stable and peaceful, at least in advanced countries, where living standards have generally gone up. Uh, there is a tendency, I think, to assume that that's always the case. And it's not. Democracy is hard work. In the United States, if 43% of eligible voters do not vote, then democracy is weakened. If we are not serious about facts and 
what's true and what's not. And particularly in an age of social media where so many people are getting That's key right uh, there. their information in sound bites and snippets off their phones. Uh, if we can't discriminate between serious arguments and propaganda, then we have problems. Okay, let's go right there. Okay, that was perfect. All right, guys, so we're going to set this thing up. So we're going to try to make it so everybody can be seen. Sorry, it's not so good. We'll let everybody in. So we just listened to Barack Obama basically talk about how social media has screwed everything up. Is that about right? That's that's about right. Yeah. Discriminate between fact and propaganda. Yep. And uh, are getting their And you know the big thing is right now I I see everybody talking about what's fake news on the internet right now. Like what is fake news and all this stuff and fake news is what Donald Trump won it's what won him the election because all this propaganda is being spread out there and nobody knows what's true and what's false. I can't tell you how many people I've seen out there that the whole time they're just talking about like they're just talking about uh, everything out there that is not their opinion. Yeah. A lot of people are just like, this is not my opinion, so this is fake news. Right. Yeah. And the interesting part is the you're going to notice that the, the places that people consider to be the right news are also the places, the, the, the news sources that perfectly align with their views. Of course. Have you noticed how that works out? Oh, yeah. This is a, it's a phenomenon called blue feed, red feed. You're, basically what you're seeing on your social media is reinforcing your beliefs. Yeah. So you're only getting content that is feeding what – unless you seek out the opposite side or a different side. Yep. And, you know, the, the concept of fake news in general is – I, you know, I, I, I propose this question to somebody else. I was like, first of all, political theory in the first place is is all ideology philosophy in the first place. So, and we're all, and, and politics is always the, a bunch of philosophy ideologies based on things that have never happened before. And what are, we don't know what's going to happen in the future. So I said like this, like this guy's like, oh, he won because of all these fake news sites and all this stuff. And I was like, well, First of all, I've got a couple questions. Is how do you de- determine a philosophy based on what's going to happen in the future is true or false? Like, there's no way to do that. Second of all, who is gets who is the person that gets to determine what's rule, true and what's false? Like, it's really easy. Like, for an example, if you say Donald Trump said this on this day, we have a video of him saying it, and we have a timestamp and everything. That is a fact. Okay, so if there is a an article out there that says that didn't happen, but we have this evidence here, well, obviously that's false because we have a specific timestamp, we have a video, all this stuff that we can prove is factual. Mm-hmm. Okay, but let's say right now is right now in the election. Right now, we need to cut taxes. How do you prove that's true or false? Do you understand what I'm saying? The need to cut taxes, like in current, like because right now you know the Republicans, Democrats coming out and. Donald Trump's going to come out and say we need to cut taxes to stimulate the economy. Right. How do you prove that's false? You can't prove that's false. It's an ideology based on what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. There are 10 million of events that's going to determine how everything goes in the world. And there's no way to siphon out 
philosophy, whether it's true or false, because politics is all philosophy, ideology, based on things you're hoping or you expect to happen in the future. Well, you remember Bush Jr. did the, the, the stimulus? Yeah. Remember that? Yep. Got, got a check for a couple hundred bucks. Did, did that, didn't that change your life? Didn't that stimulate your, your economy? Definitely not. Did not change my life. Well, there you go. There's proof that so, <laughs> cutting taxes doesn't stimulate the economy. Well, no, that's not true. I that's know. not true at all. <laughs> that's not true. So, like, here's the thing is, like, and I'll give you an example. And uh, let's say right now, let's say right now in today's world, we need to cut taxes because we need to get more businesses growing. So we want to cut taxes on these businesses. But how do we know that we're not going to fall into another war where we need these tax dollars to, to be able to fund a war coming up? I will print more. We'll be all right. Nah. I don't want that to be a solution. But what <laughs> I'm saying is nobody knows. Like you can say right now this we need this right now for this small period of history, but we don't know the 12 million other factors that could possibly come into play. No. Nobody knows that. So how the heck are you going to go out there and determine what's real news versus what's fake news. How can you possibly do that? How can you possibly, who, and then who on top of it is going to be responsible for determining this is true well, or gotta false? has got to be a standard of, of credibility, and it's got to start from an established source. Like, you can't have a new source that's getting credibility from the masses. Like, for example, who, who was the guy that, like, was on the air on CBS when Kennedy died? You know what I mean? The Walter Cronkite. There, that dude's like a hundred. That dude's like one hundred seventy-five. So yeah, I assume that, it would be that's him. fine. So he had an established track record as a journalist coming up. He worked for an established um, news organization. So they vet their sources. They follow up. They fact check, and there you go. It takes time to do these things, but when you just when you're just sharing over when you're just sharing over and over again things that might have come from Russia, you know what I mean? Yep. False information. So there there are ways of verifying. It's just that yeah. people don't go through the trouble of verifying. Yes, and I, like I said, you can verify facts, right. things that are proven, but how can you verify true false based on future events? which is what a lot of politics is. A lot of it is politics based on what we think is going to happen in the future. Ask the polls. So how do you take, so all I'm saying is there's not a really a good way to possibly do that. Right. So, and I don't think it's going to happen. And I think it's kind of, um, I think it's kind of, uh, I think it's an impossible task to be honest. Yeah. I'm going to try to go live one more time. We're going to see how this goes. On the same topic? Yeah, we're going to continue on this, and I'm going to do a little intro. Oh, man. All Got right. the turkey. Can we see that? I just knocked stuff off. Hey, guys. Uh, we're having a little fun with me and my boy Doug here. Say hi. What up? All right, so what we're talking right now is we're kind of just going over the election and all that stuff. We're just doing a short little uh, tiny, tiny little segment of this, and we were just talking about how social media affects people and their perception on how this election went down, right? Yeah. And uh, a lot of people out there want to say that it was fake news or whatever you want to blame on it for Trump getting elected. Yeah, it was, all, it was all the memes. That's, that's was, what did it. It was the memes. It was the dang memes that won it. 
I think it was mostly though. I think mostly it was the Harambe picture with him wearing a Make America Great Again hat. I blocked anybody that shared that, so I didn't see it. You didn't what? Yeah, Harambe was it. the greatest thing that came out of this election. Did did his Make America Great Again was it spelled with a C or a K? <laughs> <laughs> with three Ks? Exactly. With three Ks? You said it. I didn't want to say. Oh it. man. I didn't want to say it. You can say that. Dude, you're black. You can say whatever but you no, want. But no, literally. Are you looking at this? Yeah. Red feed versus blue feed yeah. showing the different news stories that are fed to you depending on how you affiliate. Yeah. So how Facebook thinks you affiliate. Yeah. So it, basically it was this. Um, whoever, whatever media source I agree with politically, that's the right one. That's the right one. So if. Left if, or correct? Opposite of left or is correct is correct is what I'm saying. Not so I'm just saying if I'm a staunch conservative and the blaze network and Fox news, whatever comes out of their mouth is the right thing because it agrees with me. That's a problem. No, that's not a problem. It's not for, not for me because that's that's because that's what I think is right. That is that is the problem. And if you guys don't know me, I'm being very sarcastic right now. But no, we, we just watched the clip of, of Obama talking to the German people. He's basically saying don't pay attention to social media. Well, he was saying that it's a problem that our citizenry cannot tell the difference between the truth and social media. Well, I mean, media. yeah, and I mean, who who the heck can tell the difference? Who can whatever? Your Facebook feed is filled with 10,000 memes saying this person's terrible or this person's awesome. And if you disagree with somebody, they'll just say, oh, well, go do the research. You don't know. You're just sharing stuff. Yeah. So where do you go do the research? You Google it. <laughs> Dude, Wikipedia, bro. But, but seriously, what, what happened to trusted, trusted oh, news? Oh, trusted news sources are out the window. Those are dead. And here's the thing is nobody trusts news sources anymore because everybody has an ideology. But and people used to. Yeah, used to because you know what? The country used to be semi-united in its ideology. So like back in the 60s or 70s. No, 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 no. It used to be united in its message on CBS, NBC. Oh, because yeah. Because that's all people were watching. But you know what? And that's back in the, mar- that's back in the days when everybody, and, and not everybody obviously, but most people everybody were like. Everybody could afford a TV. Yeah. Everybody was like, we are Americans. We are United Americans. That used to exist. That ain't, that ain't, that ain't, that ain't anymore. Uh, that ain't anymore. It existed on TV. I'd say for the, no, I would say for the most part of the country, most, I'll not, of course, say everybody, for most of the country back in the day, prior day? to Art of Genesis, I'm going to use the 60s and the 70s. The 60s and the 70s. I'm using 50s, 60s, 70s, that whole generation. In California? Eh, I would say in the United States for the most part. Wow. You had fringe. You had fringe. That's a bold statement. You, you had the fringe element, but uh, what is saying that we're we got the, somebody talking to us? What is uh, Christy? What is Christy saying right now? What is Christy saying? What is she saying? Yeah, and now they have uh, Facebook to do the work for you, uh, something like that. So you don't have to. She's basically just saying you don't have to do any of the work anymore. Right. Yeah. Why should you have to? Facebook just tells you what to believe now. I want to go back to what you were saying about the 50s, 60s. Can you read these things? Because I got terrible eyes. No. I can can't. you not read these? No. All right. Let's see what we can do. Okay. Yeah, so, is, it's drawing people together or apart. Yeah. And apart. Yeah. So Christina says it's uh, draw, it's it's yeah. It's basically. Draw, I don't know. Let me see. Sorry, I can't read that very well. I'm not trying to say that. No. Okay. So apparently, <laughs> Christy, I got it wrong. So maybe you can clarify it first to me. So I'm sorry. See what you're doing is looking at social media and just taking it as. I truth shouldn't be listening to any of what these people are saying. 
Should not be. Did I just wake up your baby? Yes, I think you I did. just woke up his baby. That's messed up. Now my baby's crying. So uh, my little boy is not happy about the election either. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry. <laughs> and you just had to bring it up. No way, man. And rile him up. Trump is going to fix all your problems, your baby problems. He's actually going to make it so your kid sleeps perfect every single night. Is it, can he do that? Yeah, Trump can do anything he wants. Call, call him up. Tell him to come over here and put my Luckily, baby back Luckily, I, I can text Trump these days, which is great. So anyways, um, so basically in a nutshell, everybody, uh, everybody gets whatever information they want. Yeah. They believe whatever already aligns with them in the first place. They use statistics and stupid articles that back up what they already believe in the first place. You've done that to me several times. I do it all the time because I am right. See, I'm one of the few people out there that is actually right, Doug. People can manipulate statistics to say whatever they want. What is Christy saying? So this is a great example of how the wrong thing is spread. See, that's perfect. I even screwed up with Christy said and put it on the internet, and she just corrected me. She's saying that's how it all goes wrong, because apparently I can't even read properly. That is so a problem. I, I'm sorry, Christy. Did you I go to public school? I apologize. What's that? Did you go to public school? Dude, I did the half private school, half public school oh, thing. Oh, there you go. So, um, you got indoctrinated, my, and then you got no child left behind it. Dude, I, but it didn't really matter because I didn't pay attention to any of it anyways. Yeah. I, I, hey, fun little fact for me, I almost failed gym class. Wow. Yeah, that's pathetic, Can right? Can you do a push-up? I remember, was, was, it, was this Bush days? They had the presidential physical fitness I don't, test. I don't, I don't remember even that? remember. Anyways, you know what? Let's go to this last segment yeah, because I'm going to log off on some of these people real quick. But check the um, Morgan Freelance podcast and... Hold on. I want to go over one little segment real quick. Do okay, it. so the last segment, what I want to do is I want to call this social justice warrior segment. The social justice warrior. Where's, hey, where's all my social justice warriors at? Raise the roof. You Please don't raise your roof. Because I don't like any of these social justice warriors. So I want to talk a little bit about the safety pin movement. Have, okay. you, have you seen this? No. So in solidarity okay. of basically against Trump people, we're putting safety pins on. What color safety pin? I don't think it matters. If okay. anybody can out there tell me um, what the... I don't want to be uh, caught with the wrong color safety pin. Yeah. Is there a certain color scheme of safety pin I'm supposed to be wearing? I'm not sure. This is anti-Trump. Yeah, it's everything's anti-Trump right it's now. Through, it's through the nipple. You put the. Where do you wear the safety pin? Uh, I wouldn't recommend going through the nipple. Okay. But anyways, um, yeah. See, see, I I really feel like a lot of the th- reasons he got elected in the first place was because of things like this. What people banding together on a very simplistic message Dude, and they, avoiding the nuance. No, it's this new this me? this new wussy political correctness crap that a lot of people are just rejecting. Yeah, and if you are one of the people out there that wear the um, safety pin, um, it ain't gonna help you. What happens if you wear a safety pin in a safety zone, but you're on your cell phone? I don't know the rules about this. Is I and maybe I have to clarify. If you put the safety pin on, are you now in a safe space? Can you take the safe space with you? Can like you a, move the safe space where the pin goes? Like a force field? I don't know. These are the things I need to figure out. And it says, okay, see Alexander right there. She says, uh, we're just raising a generations of pussies. Okay. Um, sorry for the expletive, but I, I agree with you 100%, girl. We definitely are. If you're playing Pokemon Go and you need a safety pin, 
Where would you go? Dude, I don't know how Pokemon works in the first place. I don't either. I just you want to throw that out there. Anyways. I just want to throw that in there. Oh, okay. So Christy says it's not to help us. It's just a message for those feeling unsafe. Oh, okay. Um, you are a Southern California white girl. You have nothing to worry about, girl. You have nothing to worry about. You probably have extra safety pins. Yeah, you are so safe, it's ridiculous. I really didn't know about this. Yeah, I just saw it online. So tell me how how it started. So a social justice warrior decided that this was a symbol? To be honest, I have no idea how this thing started. Okay. But it's a new symbol right now of people bonding together. Yeah. Um, If I'm going to use something for personal protection, I prefer like a Glock or something like that. I'm not gonna wear a safety pin. I'll probably carry a Glock or something. Well, if you put like enough that. safety pins together, like chainmail, stab somebody. Yeah, maybe you could block a bullet. Maybe. I I don't think so. Where was this protest that you were telling me about? Well, there, there's there was one in Irvine, right? There's, there's a bunch of protests going on. There was one on in Irvine. There's one in downtown yeah. LA. Yeah, there's a bunch of protests going on right now. Yeah. Now, and here's the, for the people out there. I have no problem with protesting. I think protesting is awesome. It's the foundation of our mm-hmm. democracy. Mm-hmm. Okay, but. Uh, I hope you don't think it's going to change anything in this election. That's like the big key. I hope people actually are not thinking that they can protest to overturn an election. I hope that. Because that's not how this works. It's not how the system works. Now, if you're just well, I think they just want their, voice, their voices to be heard, I think. It's, and she says, like, it's like a smiley face. Putting those things on is like a smiley face. Is oh, okay, okay, got you. It's I'm, an emoji that you wear. Yeah. I got you. So this is amazing. So I'm, I'm learning so much from my social justice warrior friends out right. there. Something I thought was interesting, I was listening to the coverage of the uh, protest, uh-huh. and it was, a, it was a young Latina girl very fervently um, talking about the safe spaces. She was like, no, you, you're going to be safe when you come here. And just the way that she was yelling at me through the radio, I didn't feel safe. So it was kind of ironic that she was yelling about safe safe places and, and, you know what I mean yeah and it's funny because we got people talking about how people are just rioting or ruining their own cities and stuff like that yeah so um, well man. people don't usually go to college in the city that they grew up in I don't know man like uh, I, I'd go down to Irvine and riot with them I can come I'd, back here I mean I could just go for some rioting right now that sounds yeah. kind of cool yeah like I need a new. I what, need, what level of rioting is this? Because, like, is this like I, the be Lakers honest, beat the Celtics in the finals riot, or is this like no, 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 no. Rodney N- King? No, there's never any riots as good as a sports victory riot. Okay. No, th- those top everything. Okay. Okay. A good, a good, a good L.A. Laker championship. Nothing's going to beat that you, riot. You need to have a cop car upside down on fire. At least for that a, to cu- be a at least a, a couple riot. of them. Yeah. So I don't think these are hardcore riots, to be honest. I don't. I, to be honest, I don't really think they're getting that out of control. Yeah. Sorry, conservative people. I think for the most part, I mean, yes, they have been blocking roads and stuff like yeah. that. Um, but for the most part, it's pretty civil for the most part. Yeah. Um, and like I said, if you band together, you protest, that's all good because that's the foundation of our democracy and there's nothing wrong with that at all. But like you said earlier, being a capitalist country, the most effective protest is going to be a monetary protest. Of course. Money always wins. So walking down the street and marching is great to get the attention, but at the end of the day, you have to have a message of some type of that's, monetary well, solidarity. First of all, what you just said, the message part is the problem that a lot of these protesters are having. That's what the these protesters are. Not liking somebody is not really a huge 
is not a huge stance when it comes to protesting. You right. got to have a bigger goal. So saying gold. we don't like Trump is not. It's not much of a protest, to be honest. Yeah, that's so, like enough to put a safety pin on, but that's not enough to go out and riot. No. So it's like, and, and I get, it get that you're pissed off. Um, I, I can understand being pissed off, but you got to have a message. You got to have a goal. You got to have something you're trying to accomplish here. Well, what's a, what's a good goal for them? Let's help them out. I, to be honest, I don't know. I'm not on their side on this one. Well, you're not supposed to bring up a problem unless you have a solution. Look, I'm not trying to fix their problem. I can't fix their problem. The rioting is a problem for you, apparently. Well, I mean, I don't think it's. I don't think the rioting's that big. I don't think. I. I. I don't think it's. What I've seen is not too much rioting. It's a lot of. It is protest. You're seeing blocking of roads. You are seeing some destruction of property. But I don't think it's like way out of hand. Me personally, I it mean, sounds to me like you want to protest the social justice warriors that are protesting. Oh That's no 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 like. no no! I just want to troll the social justice warriors. Uh, okay, okay. I just want to kind of uh, like like I said, I've never had more um, happiness than watching the Hillary Clinton um, rally as soon as they found out she lost Pennsylvania. Oh. It looked like somebody had just beaten up like a, a barrel of kittens in front of them. I thought you were going to say puppies. Kittens Whatever. Are okay. Kittens are cute too. But like all that stuff. But I loved seeing that look on their face. Does that make me a terrible person? I think it makes you an American. Oh, yeah. <laughs> makes me an American. So, uh, <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, by the way. Don't try to rhyme with VH1 has a show that you can waste the time with. Guilty pleasure, take the edge off reality and pull a salary. I probably do that just sporadically. The OG Gucci boots are smitten with iguanas. The IRS piranhas see a nigga getting common. Niggas in the hood living in a fishbowl. That's it. That's the show. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you for listening. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your ear holes. I, I really do hate politics. I promise I do. I will have more different topics, different interesting guests to talk to in the very near future. Nathan just happens to be very passionate and interested in politics, and he loves to talk. So, the election's over. Let's move on to some different topics. Stop blaming the third-party voters. If all the third-party voters voted for Clinton, wouldn't have mattered. So shut up about that, please, and thank you. Subscribe. Like us on Facebook iTunes, leave us a review. Five star rating helps. Love you guys. See you next week. Peace. Boy, I tell you that's vision. Like Tony Romo when he hitting with him. The tribe be the best in eight division. Shaheed Muhammad cut it with precision. Who can come back years later, still hit the shot? Still I'm trying to move you off the fucking block. Babylon blood clot. Doop on your head top. One time I was sitting there, paid a hundred grand for breakfast. The president trashed me. Two years later, I had a job. Does that make me a terrible person?
I think it makes you an American. Makes <laughs> 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 you an American. Talk is cheap, motherfucker. <laughs>